On this week's episode of Reliterated, we follow the story of a foreigner to our land. He invades a small town, doesn't want to speak English, blares his awful music, kidnaps a woman, and takes her job. Two intrepid children take it upon themselves to expose this menace and send him back where he came from. Is this some right-wing wet dream? No, it's My Teacher is an Alien on Reliterated, the podcast that's never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of three grown-ass men reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. We also talk about our books in depth, and that includes spoilers, so before you listen, if you're not familiar with the story, prepare to be spoiled. You can interact with us and enjoy all kinds of bonus content by searching Reliterated on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, and Facebook. We are doing our best to keep up uh, posting on those places. And then you can ask us questions, suggest future episodes, tell us what we missed, just give us some feedback. Send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. My name is Andy. My name is Harold. And I'm Josh. Josh, you got to be the combo breaker. (laughs) <laughs> we all started with my name is well you know what don't tell me how to live my life <laughs> you could at least have started with my name is ticky 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 josh hazard i don't know about that ticky 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 josh hazard wicky, wicky, it's wicky. josh he had to be difficult <laughs> <laughs> i'm different you guys just let me be different he's our perfect little unicorn i mean i'm no tyler but i try <laughs> Anyways, um, welcome back. Welcome to this week's episode. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, we're going to be reading My Teacher is an Alien by Bruce Colville. Have you guys ever had any teachers that you suspected of being aliens? In f- for my fourth grade, I had a teacher named Mrs. Rogers, and I think she was an alien. And there's a couple of reasons. The first one I thought was, you know, she was too stereotypically dressed like she looked like a witch. Her haircut, her super black hair, and, you know, anyhow. And she had like this like bangs cut that just didn't fit her right, you know. <laughs> and I actually was thinking as I'm as I was going through remembering what she looked like. You remember Galaxy Quest? Mm-hmm. The girl with the black hair with the bangs, like yeah, <laughs> that's how she. Oh, the way she yeah. looked just looked at the way aliens would would pretend to be human. Oh, she had that kind of haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird. Yeah, bangs are an interesting choice. They either work or they really don't. Yeah. It's hard to make them work. It's really it's really hard. Especially when they just like lay there and look too too neat, too straight liney, you know? Right. Almost like it's not human, like it's alien. I like her bangs. It was always, yeah, very perfect. You <laughs> could you could level a shelf with her hairline. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. What about you, Josh? Any aliens in your uh alma well, mater? There wasn't we had a teacher. His name was Dale Grifka. He was an interesting individual. I and he would probably be the closest thing to an alien as far as my teachers go. Uh, he had a very interesting shaped head because he was bald. And um, the things he wanted, the things that I remember is that he was in his mid 40s and he wanted a specific type of relationship with a woman. He wanted to find a mid 40s 
you know, same basic knowledge, like pretty intelligent. Uh, Catholic, that was very important to him, Catholic, virgin. So he was looking for a mid-40s Catholic virgin, (laughs) which... I bet he's still looking. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he is, but... Uh, he was actually a really good teacher though. I really, I really liked his classes. I actually learned quite a bit from, from his class. So he was, a I I enjoyed his classes and he, he was part of a prank that he pulled on, uh, one of the, a girl that ended up being a valid Victorian. She, uh, was having car trouble and he was like, oh, did you check the blinker fluid? She's like, no. (laughs) He's like, yeah, check that. That might be the issue. Thinking, oh, she, she's not gonna take this seriously. Oh no, she took it seriously. She went to a mechanic and asked about it. Yeah, <laughs> there's no such thing as flicker fluid, obviously. I know for sure that when you say to somebody, did you check the blinker fluid? You're sure hoping that even though they might not catch it right away, that's the whole point is the delivery. You know, I think being in the shop kind of gave me my delivery because it's all about the delivery when you say stuff that you want people to believe. And they'll turn around, walk away, and they got to think about it for a second. When they go to the extent that they ask somebody else, that's always the time when you're standing there like, whoa, man, I'm just, <laughs> this, went too, this has gone too far. <laughs> what about you, Andy? Did you have a teacher that you thought was an alien? Eh, not really alien. I mean, there's there's one that stands out, but he, he was more like one of... Acted more like one of the students, really. It was my uh, my theater uh, drama teacher, Mr. Mindy, Mr. Mindykowski. We called him Mindy, and uh, you know he he spent some of his time in the class, you know, but uh, give us something to do, and then go in back into his uh, his little room in the uh, in the back of the classroom. Uh, a few privileged students got to uh, to be in there with him, just goof off and do God knows what in there. Uh, uh, nice enough guy. He gave me, uh, gave me the nickname A Team, and that uh, stuck with, stuck around with me in that class. Uh, all three years that I, <laughs> I took his class. He seems like an uh, irresponsible as hell teacher. Like I, I'm pretty sure he went back and smoked weed with the AV teacher. <laughs> but uh, hell of a hell of a nice guy. I mean, he sounds like a pretty irresponsible teacher. <laughs> <laughs> The whole time you're telling me the story of him taking privileged students into a room, I'm sitting here like, as a father, (laughs) as a father, I would be concerned if my kids were going to a second location with their teacher. They they always seemed like the prettiest girls, too. Oh, that's messed up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think he ran for public office after he retired. Oh, my God. Oh man, but uh, yeah, no. His catchphrase at the end of every class was "Have a day." He'd uh, we'd line up at at the door. This is even still in high school, or whatever. But he'd like shake hands with each of us, give a pat on the back as we left class. He'd go, "Have a day, have a day, have a day." Hey team, have a day. Yeah, good old Mindy. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe good old Mindy. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good old alien teachers. Strange people. <laughs> Anyways. We're discussing a book about a bunch of kids who discover that their teacher is an alien. And the book is called My Teacher is an Alien. And and the plot of the book is they find out their teacher is an alien. Well, the plot, I know when I was reading this book, I was like, man, this seemed a little bit much for a kid's book, kind of. But to the students at Harrington High, the principal and her posse of teachers have always been a little odd. But lately, they've been behaving positively alien, controlled by otherworldly parasites 
The faculty try to infect students one by one. This, uh... That doesn't seem this, to match up. Did yeah, you read the same book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harrington, hi. Andy, did you have yeah. something to do with this? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I could have swore this was a lot more cutesy. <laughs> <laughs> This is talking about a drug dealer and a cheerleader. What? Oh, this is the facts. This is the faculty. They, oh. they take they take uh take students one by one or two by two. Into it's the when back the aliens and... came back. It's the it's the sequel to my teacher is an alien. They came back and the faculty. Oh my god, you're oh, right. Is, I didn't even think about is it. Is that the plot of the faculty? Yeah. yeah, that's the plot of the faculty. Oh, I never watched the faculty, so it was <laughs> oh, it it's completely a good went over my 90s head. movie. You should totally rewatch yeah. it. <laughs> it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Was the name of that school Harrington High? Yeah, the school was named Harrington High. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't know they named a school after me. That's uh, that's awesome. Worth the honor. Yeah, I'm I'm honored. We're always finding things with our names on them. Right. In these, I mean, in these books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your name's Miller. You're everywhere. You're on. Yeah. You're on the. You're on beer. Oh yeah, we drink you, sir. I I don't drink me. It's not that great of a beer. Yeah, I'm actually drinking Coors right now. Right, Coors <laughs> is good. Everything's just dangerous. Everything for me is danger. <laughs> Trip, <laughs> deep- stare, <laughs> golf, everything. Danger. Harold, do you call your kids Miller Light? I don't. I <laughs> may have at one point, or someone pointed that out to me because it sounds familiar. <laughs> but the book we are talking about tonight is My Teacher is an Alien, which is much different from the faculty. Well, not much different from the faculty. It's almost like the faculty is the eventual invasion that's being learned for. It sounds like there's a lot more malice involved in there the is. faculty. In the faculty, there's a lot more malice. <laughs> I think people die. Malice. Oh, people die <laughs> regularly oh, yeah. in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people die. My Teacher is an Alien was written by Bruce Coville and published in 1989, and it's the first in a four-book series, followed up by My Teacher Fried My Brains, My Teacher Glows in the Dark, and My Teacher Flunked the Planet, which I didn't know until I researched uh, this just before the show that uh, this was the first in a series, like a chronological series. I didn't know there was a continuing story, which you know I'm glad there is because it kind of leaves off on a uh, an open-ended cliffhanger sort of it does i don't think i read this book i think this is one that i didn't read yeah i didn't read i've never read this either this is the first time i read this but i i think i read my teacher glows in the dark because i thought it Mm. was a goosebumps book and (laughs) it wasn't but they are very similar yeah yeah it does feel like a goosebumps book and even the title reads a lot like a goosebumps like i told one of my friends that i was reading a book called my teacher is an alien and they were like oh is that a goosebumps exactly right yeah it could be but different author so well maybe we could throw this guy this guy's books into the rotation of the of the creepy books since it's the series Maybe. Bruce Koval, you have earned a spot on one of the chairs. They're folding chairs right now. <laughs> <laughs> one of the folding chairs of possible return to the show. In the Justice League of Reliterated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Hall of uh, Just Us. <laughs> yeah, just us. Just the three of us. You just are one us. of Just Us, Bruce Koval. <laughs> but yeah, Bruce Koval's a pretty cool guy. Born in 1950, he's uh, 71 now. He spent almost his entire life in New York, (laughs) like Syracuse and the surrounding area, which is very interesting to me that he's never lived anywhere else. 
because it seems like authors tend to move around a lot and get more game more experiences so that they can write more. And he just kind of chills where he's at. Hmm. I think authors do different things to come up with a different because, I mean, Stephen King has lived in Maine forever, you know, that's true. That's the thing about reading. If you, the more you read, the more experiences from around the world you get. And that's why it's important to read. The more Very you know. insightful. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> Support your local libraries. <laughs> anyway, Bruce Coville has had a, a lot of jobs uh, for uh, for staying in, uh, in one spot. He's been a toy maker. He's been a grave digger. He's been a cookware salesman, an assembly line worker, and an elementary school teacher, as well as being an author of over 100 books. Wow. I haven't even written one. So but Yeah, that, I'm like, dang it. <laughs> like, he did a lot of stuff when he was writing books. Why haven't I written any books? <laughs> It's a lot easier to read them and comment on them. <laughs> right? Yeah, I like his website's pretty great. You can go there and learn a lot about him. It's it's really one of those sites that are, are both for kids and for adults because they have things like you can contact him. You can write him and get personalized autographs, which is, you know, pretty cool for a kid mm-hmm. and for an adult. I mean, I, I got <laughs> I got autographs from Mick Foley, so <laughs> I was right. excited when that happened. Yeah, we should order books uh, the next book in the series uh, autographed by him show it off he seems like a pretty chill guy he's uh he's got a good uh twitter following he has a fax on his page and it has fun answers to fun questions do aliens pass gas if so what color is it is it poisonous oh do they the worst gas passed by any alien known to man is the dreaded frablex contvernor of expatient delta 12 radioactive fluorescent deadly at three parsecs to all other known life forms and smells like three week old swamp rat roadkill on a hot day at the equator of ninax l2 the only living scientists to have to have observed the spectacular ma- spectacular emissions of the fabrics Oh, come on. You can do it. <laughs> are permanently hospitalized on the sanatorium planet of Krelax 4. They weep constantly and beg for death. Sorry. <laughs> he says sorry after the end of a lot of these. <laughs> I just want to note that Josh chose to read an answer with all those words he was, n- he was never going to be able to phonetically figure out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the dreaded Frablex Nuntventnor of Expatian Delta 12. <laughs> hey, it was the f- most fun one to do, so I was going to do it. Yeah, no. That's right. <laughs> you could have read Was Shakespeare an Alien 2? No, sorry. <laughs> Can you touch your eyeball with your tongue? No. <laughs> Can aliens pick their noses? Can and do. Of course, this partially depends on the number of noses on the alien question and their location, respective of other appendages, tendrils, etc. But generally, yes. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Fun FAQs on his site. I do want to mention when he said facts on his page, I thought he meant a fax number and I was trying to work out the logistics of people faxing (laughs) questions and answers back and forth. (laughs) And then I'm just realizing it was FAQs. Ah, uh, yes. What do you call yeah. them? FAQs? FAQs. <laughs> FAQs. <laughs> Is it just if, I, if I'm saying it, if I'm saying it out loud because it's hard to say facts. 
<laughs> without somebody thinking that you're talking about a machine that you call and right. prints you can, paper out. You can mistake it for one of a, a few words. Yeah. I blame game facts. Game facts, yep. See, if you that say game would, facts, yeah. I know what you're talking about. That's Absolutely. why I, 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 I just assumed everybody assumed it was facts because of game <laughs> facts. I am barely wrong, and I'm sorry. You can Sorry. fax Bruce Coville and then he'll fax you back an answer. <laughs> and it'll say, give you the facts. <laughs> and then at the bottom, it'll just say, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Get a fax machine, folks. <laughs> All right. Yep. So, anyway, I say it's time we dive into the story. What do you say, gentlemen? I'm into it. Yeah, I'm down to go. Chapter one. We open our story with a. Uh, a young female protagonist, Susan Simmons, who we follow for the for the entire story. I thought it was funny how this opened up on this uh, Duncan Dougal and Peter Thompson. It just it's so it's one of those stereotypical kid picking on another kid type of situation that kids would see. You know what I mean? In the schoolyard or whatever. I love that. It's the, the first words of a book is like a geekoid. Why do you read so much? Don't you know how to watch TV? <laughs> I feel like Bruce Coville's talking right to me. Right? Did he get a Newberry for this? <laughs> the Newberries uh, would love that. <laughs> uh, no. No, I didn't figure. <laughs> this wasn't yeah, exactly. No, that is yeah. not a Newberry bait thing to say. Why do you read so much? Don't you know how to watch TV? <laughs> But Duncan Dougal is kind of the school bully, the big dumb kid in class, picking on Peter Thompson, the, the nerdy kid. Who just wants to read his goddamn book. Yeah, just leave him alone and read his books. Never bothers anyone. No, he's really smart, though. He has all the answers. <laughs> I listened to the audiobook for this and read it because uh, I've been driving in my car, so I was able to listen to the audiobook a couple times. And it's actually acted out by multiple people. Uh, oh, yeah, that's another thing I found out about Bruce Coville is he like has a multicast uh, audiobook uh, company, actually. Yeah. And they produce audiobooks uh, performed by multiple actors. Okay, yeah, because I mean, it was a cool way to do it. There was the narrator and she, uh, you know, Susan, she played Susan. And then there was Peter. I think she might have done Susan and Peter. I can't remember, though, for sure. Okay. But yeah, like Bruce Coville played her dad and his wife played her mom. Uh, and Bruce Coville pay, played another part. I think the, the music teacher. The name of his company is called Full Cast Audio. Nice. And if I can just plug myself for for a moment, I do something similar with a group called The Online Stage, where we do kind of the same thing with uh, public domain uh, and classic works. Right. Like, I was a narrator in uh, Great Gatsby and had a, a bunch of voice actors performing all the different uh, the roles and dialogue and everybody. So, yeah, look up The Online Stage and buy, buy many of our audiobooks. We're on Audible. Very cool. You guys started doing that being like near the beginning of COVID, didn't you? Uh, I've been doing that for... For a few years now. Oh, okay. I thought that. I thought you're that, thinking of I, you're thinking of my other thing. Oh yeah, your <laughs> other <laughs> online. Yeah, the other online ca uh, plays you were doing. My my other uh, uh, audiobook business. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have a pseudonym who reads uh, romance novels. <laughs> romance. We'll say, yes, romance. <laughs> yeah. So let me say it. The, the writing is exquisite. Hmm. <laughs> Triple exquisite. Yeah. <laughs> I got to hear a clip one time. <laughs> it was it was fantastic. Uh, I almost yeah. instantly came, but <laughs> I almost instantly puked. <laughs> and that's what does it for Josh. Yeah, no kink shaming. You're into, you're into puke. Nah, not for real. Oh, anyways, children's book. <laughs> back to back to the children's book. We just we. <laughs> That's like page page one we got through. Yeah. Yeah, we made it through page one. Uh, di- I noticed that she has a, um, I'm guessing like it's a, I don't know, G.I. Joe-sized doll of Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z. And apparently apparently she blows into his feet or something. I, like, I, <laughs> I have this imagining of what she's doing, but it looks like she's blowing into his feet and like playing songs out of him. And, and it shoots out a special beam cannon. Yeah, <laughs> that kills aliens. That kills aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is gonna be a two-parter of a fucking like eighty-page book. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm good with the pickle thing. We can keep moving. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Peter is picking on. No, Peter is getting picked on by Duncan Dougal and uh, Susan and St- her friend Stacy Benoit. No relation to Chris Benoit, I'm sure. Yeah, because, I don't think so. Because if there was, she'd be dead. <clears throat> oh god! <laughs> oh god! That's so bad. <laughs> oh, that was rough. <laughs> Although this book, this book was published in 1989, so that was be- this is before that happened. No, so she'd be alive then. Still, she'd still be alive. Well, obviously, the story is about her partially. Fuck. <laughs> Poor little Stacy. Oh god. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm not. We're, we're not going to go into explaining that one. <laughs> it's bing too it. sad. Bing it. Yeah, just just bing it if you're if you're interested in getting the reference. Chris Benoit. Yeah, find <laughs> out how he ended. Anyways, <laughs> Pete, uh, Duncan is fighting with Peter, and then a a handsome blonde haired man comes up and picks them both up by the shirt, just lifts them off the ground. Like, whoa, this dude is strong. I saw that happen in real life. My teacher, Mr. Terrell, he was, he saw these two kids fighting out in the hall and he just straight up picked them up. And you're like, holy fuck. Mr. Terrell literally just picked those guys up off the ground. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Comes to find, come to find out, he's he uh, is in the National Guard Reserve. So he, even though he looks like you know a schlubby middle aged dude, he's he's actually ripped underneath his clothes. So it's like, right. but when that happened, you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> I'm not gonna fuck with that guy ever again. So <laughs> you guys think you're tough? <laughs> Yeah, nothing like picking up what probably preteens, you know what I mean? I mean, this was 10th grade. He was my 10th grade teacher, so. 10th grade, so. 10th graders? Said, yeah. Oh, man. These kids in the book are just 6th graders. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this guy is kind of like straight up uh, robotic about the way he talks. He's kind of a strange new teacher in town. So he breaks up the fight and the kids are all like, damn, who's that? And then they get to class and they, uh, uh, the kids in uh, Ms. Schwartz's class, in which uh, Susan and Peter and, and Duncan, I believe, are all in, uh, they discover that Ms. Schwartz is out. She just left suddenly. 
she didn't she gone on vacation she went on vacation and then when they or the whole school was on vacation wasn't it for a week there it was spring break yeah it was spring break so they come back and and she just didn't come back she just left a letter letter for dr bleakman which is the principal and dr bleakman in, introduces the class to the replacement teacher mr john smith Nothing fishy about the most common name in America. Nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he's related to John Smith and John Smith. So Susan raises her hand and asks uh, Dr. Bleakman, the principal, what happened to Ms. Schwartz. And Dr. Bleakman says that's a private matter. Which she doesn't necessarily believe because she thinks that the teacher would not do that to them. She would have told them what was that she was leaving. But she's also a sixth grader, so she might not understand, you know. Yeah. Maybe she fell in love with somebody and she decided to move to Brazil. It's quite possible. Maybe her aunt died during the middle of a competition and that's why she needed a couple days break. Right. Also possible. Or maybe she was framed for the murder of her father and exiled. That's, it's anything could happen. Maybe she was an alien. (gasps) 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 (laughs) Her teacher is an alien. That's Mrs. the story. Schwartz was an it alien. was Mrs. Schwartz. That's the story. <laughs> My teacher here. You thought it was Mr. Smith, didn't no. you? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and she got deported. <laughs> yep. Because we're not talking about space aliens. We're talking about illegal aliens. <laughs> yes, Ms. Schwartz, the illegal alien. But that's that's not actually true. Ms. Schwartz just gone, and she's, she's not. Just gone. Uh, she didn't tell anybody what's going on. She just went away, and Doctor Bleakman has hired John Smith to watch over the class. And uh, John Smith, or Mister Smith, as he's called for the rest of the book, pretty much, he isn't into the way that Mrs. Schwartz ran her class. She ran her class in a way that was like kind of free. They would do a play. They would read regular books and talk about them. And the book for the class, the textbook for the class is called Rockets and Flags. Rockets and Flags. Rockets and Flags. Which sounds like, wow, patriotic (laughs) indoctrination propaganda. Right. And so uh, he wants them to go back to reading that. She asks if they're going to do the play. He says, no, we aren't doing a play. We've got curriculum to follow. And they... And Susan hates this because she wants to be an actress when she grows up. Yep. She plans to be an actress. She's all about doing the school play, but uh, Mr. Smith ain't having that. He's a serious business kind of alien teacher. Nope. This guy, he's a crumb bum. He's like... You can't fucking do nothing. He called the Hobbit a waste of time. I mean, I agree with that. The, Hob- the Hobbit is a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> it is saying I you th- like the Hobbit doesn't make you cool. <laughs> saying you like Tolkien doesn't make you cool. <laughs> <laughs> My co-host is an alien. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, this changes everything about the way the class is done. None of the kids like it because they love Mrs. Schwartz or Miss Schwartz. She's she's an excellent teacher. She actually sounds like a good teacher that cares about her kids. She doesn't want to follow the prescribed curriculum to a T. She'd rather cultivate their minds with uh, with literature and uh, and performing arts and an actual actual stimulation, actual uh, mental stimulation, not just boring textbook stuff. That can't possibly work. If we know anything, we know that we need to be doing things the way people did it 100 years ago and never change from that way. And that's the only way to make kids grow up right. Yep. Send them to work. That's what made America great. Yep. (laughs) Standardized tests are the perfect way to measure everyone's ability of knowledge. Yeah. No matter what. Kids all learn exactly the same. You just have to push it into their heads as hard as you can. It's, It's that everyone knows this. If they're failing, they ain't trying. Sometimes you need a board to push it in. 
Yup. <laughs> and capital punishment to finish the job. There we go. Yeah. America. It'll work. It just works. <laughs> yeah, America. It just works. <laughs> America. It just works. <laughs> Tell my granddaddy did it. Tell my daddy did it. And by God, it's what made America great. So Susan decides to pass a note in class to Stacy about Mr. Smith being a creepazoid alien. And before she can hand it out, Mr. Smith comes around, collects papers, and he collects the note without noticing. What what does that note say exactly? Something about her being a creepazoid. Mr. Smith is a total creepazoid. He has totally ruined this class. Our whole year has gone down the tubes. Gone done the tubes. Mm, Well, type all our... The man is a total Philistine. She just learned that word Philistine. I have a problem with her using this word. It's see, when she uses it, it's, it just sounds like a slur. I looked up the definition. It's not a slur, but just the way she uses it, it sounds like one. Right. It's actually a portmanteau of the name Philip Stein, who is an alien and a totally, total creepazoid and just no fun to be around. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I knew it from the Bible. <laughs> right. And then uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. Well, it's just weird how they say it and the way they use it. It oh, sounds like right. it belongs to a country. <laughs> like Exactly. Like, yeah, I think uh, they were a group of people that the Jews exterminated because God told them to. Sounds about in right. In the Bible, maybe. <laughs> Goliath was a Philistine, right? Oh, maybe that was. Yeah, maybe that was something. Yeah, we'll have to bing it. Yeah. We don't have the facts to, uh, to accurately uh, talk about it here. But yeah, that's your vocabulary word for today, Philistine, which is described in the book as someone who has no appreciation for art and beauty. But the note apparently gets swept up with all the uh, quizzes being being turned in and is now in the possession of Mr. Smith. <laughs> so, yeah, so she needs to get this thing back. She wants to get this note, which her plan for getting this note back is a little bit off to me. Like, I get that you don't want to get in trouble for the note, but <laughs> I don't know if you should, like, go into another person's home to retrieve something <laughs> like this. Well, first, first they have recess and she tries to get back into the school uh, by pretending to have to go to the bathroom. But uh, Mr. Smith just tells her to wait. And then she fakes like a stomach ache to go in and see the nurse. But uh, I think he just walks her straight to the uh, the nurse's office, right? Because they were about they were about ready to go in. So he was like, OK, that's. That's fine. We can we can you can go into the nurse's office since we're going in anyway. But my question is, did you did you guys have recess in sixth grade? Sixth grade? No. See, I didn't have recess in sixth grade. No, no. That was considered middle school. And we didn't. Yeah, that was the first year of middle school for me. That wasn't the last year of elementary school Mm -hmm. like here. Dude, my sixth, seventh and eighth grade all consisted of having a period of lunch and a period of outside just being able to hang out. Wow. You got recess in middle school? Lucky I got, duck. I got recess <laughs> in high school pretty what? much. I mean, we got I mean, like, like an hour for lunch, but you didn't have Yeah. To, that was that was just you lunch didn't hour. have to stay on campus. And you Dude, didn't that's have to just stay open on campus. campus oh, lunch. We didn't that's have open campus. You had to stay not at like school. Fi- yeah, corralled physical activity on a <laughs> playground. <laughs> right, but okay, <laughs> so so go- going outside, like I can remember in sixth grade, uh, running from a few different people that were chasing me and trying to hurt me. 
<laughs> I clearly remember that. <laughs> yeah, we weren't allowed Wait. to go outside. We could go in the gym or just stay at the table that you were chilling at. And we went in the gym in the winter, but during the summer we were we went outside. Yeah, we they never go never allowed go outside. Must have been because of how small your school were, was, because my middle school was down in southern Michigan. It was and also on the middle of a cornfield, so meh. there's not really anything around. <laughs> Pigeon right. was five miles away. Huh. Bad X was 10. <laughs> My middle, middle school was in Auburn, and it was actually the same building as the high school. But uh, the middle school uh, only got a lunch period, and they had to stay in the building. Uh, ninth grade on, they, they were allowed to, we were allowed to leave the, the campus for lunch. But anyways, we digress. Well, regardless, she wasn't able to actually get in at recess and uh, get the note. So she comes up with the plan to enter Mr. Smith's house without his knowledge. What kind of a kid thinks that this is a good idea? Honestly, for a fucking note? Are you stupid? (laughs) Breaking and entering? (laughs) I know. That was like, man. (laughs) To avoid the teacher hearing or reading what she really thinks about him. Right. Yep. Breaking and entering to to get that note back. So she she follows Mr. Smith back to his house. And when he goes inside, she hears some terrible, terrible noise. And she, you know, she doesn't like him, but she doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. Yeah, she's not a monster. Yeah, she heard an unearthly howl that she described as someone trying to put a cat in a blender. So she goes into the house to investigate, make sure that he's okay. The front door was unlocked, so she enters quietly, uh, steps in, finds that uh, his house is not very, very furnitured. No, there's no furniture, really. And she continues to try to investigate this noise that she's hearing. And she ends up finding Mr. Smith sitting in front of a mirror, like a vanity. And uh, he pulls his face off. And he's got a wild looking, like, green head with orange bulbous eyes. Were they bulbous? I know they were big and orange. His enormous orange eyes slanted up and away from his nose like a pair of butterfly wings. So the classic gray's eyes. Yeah. Only green skin with orange eyes. And purple teeth. And purple teeth. And no lips. So apparently (laughs) this race does not believe in dick sucking. So... (laughs) Hey, you need lips for the other one, too. (laughs) If you're doing it right. If you're doing it right. I was going to say, well, technically. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this is... This is where we discover something. This is where we discover that their teacher is an alien. It is. I thought that was pretty clear by the description of what he was looking like. Like if you weren't paying attention to the title of right. the book, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you now know that their teacher is an alien. That description sounds mighty Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Purple teeth, orange eyes, slanted up, green skin. Yeah. (laughs) Two rows of rounded purplish teeth. Yo. Turns out that noise that she heard was actually this crazy alien music. And we find out that his actual name is Broxholm. Because he calls back to the mothership. And there was a, it was like a, um, I think what the word is. Basically a TV, but the face in the mirror said something that sounded like, (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd try to pronounce this. (laughs) Yep. Everybody take a turn trying to pronounce this. Oh, that's good. Igen Rzenix. To which Mr. Smith, or Broxholm, responds, It is good to hear our mother tongue. 
I cannot wait to return to the ship and have this language implant removed so I can speak the true tongue and not this barbaric garble. Yep, which irritates Susan. She's like, Who, whose language you call him barbaric? Which it's like, you know, I mean, English isn't the only language here. I was going to say, English is pretty barbaric if you think about it. <laughs> we just steal from every <laughs> other language. <laughs> it's so it makes it the best. Yep. We win. My makes right. Yep. Winner writes history. <laughs> Why do you think everybody's learning English? <laughs> <laughs> Oof, don't get us started. <laughs> All right. It's during the conversation with the man on the ship that, or the alien on the ship, I should say that we find out that Brock's home is going to select students to bring back for study. So he's going to kidnap some kids, take them on the ship. So Susan fucks off out of there. Runs back home. Before she leaves, should I try to recover my note? He's a fucking alien. No. <laughs> Go home. You're right. No, you get the fuck out of his house. And even if he wasn't an alien, what are you doing in his house? Exactly. <laughs> Leave this man's house alone. So maybe he's got a skin condition. That is no reason to be in there breaking into his house. We learned a few episodes ago that there are people that are blue. Right. So when she gets home, she lets her mom know that uh, Miss Schwartz has left. She's no longer at the school and Mr. Smith is there. And her mom seems to know about Mr. Smith. She she even mentions that she thinks he's handsome. And then that night, she, uh, she tries to call Peter because she's got to tell somebody about this. She figures he's the only one who's going to believe her. She was as nervous as a marshmallow at a bonfire. <laughs> Not quite as uh, as folksy as Jerry Spinelli's, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she just she can't wait to uh, to confide in Peter. But uh, the next day at class, after they say the Pledge of Allegiance, like good obedient American children ought to be indoctrinated to do, uh, Smith slash Broxholm uh, summons her to his desk and says, "I think you lost something yesterday," and hands her the note. And that kind of resolves that. I don't think there's any. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> even like. He doesn't make anything about yeah, it. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> she freaks out, thinking like, "Oh, is he messing with me? Did he see me?" She's just overplaying this in her head. She's got yeah. bad yeah, anxiety about it. She interprets it as him sending her a message. I've got your number, kid. Don't mess with me. He's probably at his house. He goes, "Huh? A folded note. Well." It's not to me. I'll make sure to give it back to the owner tomorrow. <laughs> it's my civil responsibility not to read what is on this personal communique. Yeah. Is what an alien would say. She really wanted to talk to Peter, though. So finally recess came and Peter was reading a book called A Princess of Mars. I wonder if that's a real book. It is. It is. It's that. Uh, it's that, where John Carter comes from. I was gonna say, is that part of the John Carter series? Yeah, it's where John oh. Carter comes from. I believe a Princess of Mars was by a Edgar story. Rice Burroughs. Oh, okay. Yep. And it's a good movie. I enjoy from that movie. Nineteen twelve. Wow. That one's pretty good, but there's a sci-fi original version of called A Princess on Mars that is worth watching. I'll check it out. Hmm. Neato. The space science fiction fantasy goes as far back as 1912 at the very least. Oh, I'm sure. I mean. So she goes up to Peter 
she has to interrupt what he's doing. And so she says, oh, so what's going on? I said, oh, I love this part. What a stupid line. I'm glad I'm a girl because when I get older, the guys are going to have to come up with these lines when they want to start a conversation. Now, there's a one job I'm glad to let them have. Really? Oh, well, hold on. Really? No, wait, 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 wait. As a listen, single listen. dude, don't get me started. I want to know. <laughs> That just pages earlier, this exchange happened. Her mother. Oh, Edward, my mother will reply. You seem to think you can treat Susan the same way you would a boy. Can you believe she actually says that? And then later she says, I'm glad that I'm a girl because I'm not going to have to put any work into trying to get a relationship with somebody. (laughs) (laughs) They'll just all come to me. That's what she supposes her mother will reply. Oh, okay. Okay. So she said it before. Her mom said it before. Or got her feeling that way. Yeah. I don't know. But anyways, as a shy dude who's single now. It kind of sucks, like this old expectation of uh, initiating that uh, that contact. It's a hard, uh, I can't imagine, it's a hard time to try to navigate that, I think. I don't know. What I'm trying to figure out is they initiate the conversation, I reply back, and then I hear nothing. <laughs> what <laughs> what the Because your reply sucks, apparently. No, they're like, hi. Oh, hi. How are you? Nothing. No, dude. No. When they say, oh, hi, you have to answer back. Like, I was just lifting some weights and looking at my <laughs> yeah, wall. Yeah, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not Vin Diesel about- as much as I want to be. <laughs> I know. I Hanging know out with my family. My family. Hanging out with my family. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, what is the expectation that you're supposed to get out of the text message meeting? The, I mean, I ended up doing it the old-fashioned way, and I'm glad. I mean, I wasn't even originally talking about dating app stuff. I was talking about it, like, in general. Dating in general would, it would suck <laughs> because the other stuff doesn't happen, I don't know. And you don't want to be forward, but you don't want to, you don't want to be a creep you know you what i mean you definitely like, don't want to be a creep no yeah man. no so it's like you like how do you approach it like <laughs> it's the stars have to align right <laughs> you know? how do you navigate the the ancient expectation of delivering the initial pickup line <laughs> and not uh, uh not creep a, a woman out by delivering a pickup line I think you don't go with a pickup line and you just start talking to people like no, no, I never, and you I never see have how gone it. with a pickup line <laughs> but still <laughs> hey baby some stupid thing coming out of my mouth that'll never work <laughs> <laughs> just any anything that I can come up with I know is gonna be received as as a, as an attempt to hit on her and I just uh, I just talk to random people in public. I mean, for me, obviously, I'm not trying to date anybody right now. But I'm saying, like, what I do that makes it easier for me to talk to just about anybody is I just talk to people no matter where I am. I'll do it at, like, stores. I'll I'll make jokes. If I'm standing in a line or in a line or if I'm standing in an aisle and there's another person right near me and we're looking at the same thing, I'll try and come up with some stupid joke to say about it. And whether they laugh or not, I always laugh. And if you can make yourself laugh, what else do you need? I've seen this happen in the real life. <laughs> That's why I'm like, yep, this, yeah, this song Harold does. So then if it's just normal for you to talk to people, like random people, then it's a lot easier to just talk to a random person and be comfortable. <laughs> in theory. <laughs> yep. That's a great theory, Harold. 
We like it. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to make a hypothesis out of it and perform an experiment. I would I would be willing to perform an experiment. All right. Anyways. I was going to say. That's, you know, now we're sounding like aliens. Let's experiment on the dating situation yes. in America 2021. <laughs> <laughs> while we're talking we about a book, uh, while we're on a book podcast. Let's... <laughs> a book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have run all the simulations. <laughs> By that I mean I've watched a lot of pornography. <laughs> <laughs> and these relationships always seem to begin with delivering a pizza or performing a service of some sort. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Susan. So what's going on? Susan. She says. <laughs> Needs Peter's help. So she gets his attention and basically says that uh, she needs his help. And eventually she gets to the point where she says that the, our, our teacher's an alien. Right. And he's and he's so obsessed with sci-fi, he thinks that she's fucking with him. So he starts to cry, thinking that uh, he feels betrayed. That he thought that she she's usually on his side. Now she's picking on him too. Yep. She says she's not, and he assumes it's a game now. So she says yes, and then she has to like convince him it's a game, but it's not a game. And then like, you know, they're considering breaking into Smith's house again <laughs> for a second time. So Peter is like, let's let's break in for this game. Let's break into this guy's house. Let's do another yeah, yeah. Let's use our imagination on the best ways to break and enter yep. <laughs> into our teacher's house to find out if he's an alien. <laughs> It'll be a fun game. Yeah. It, it's yeah, so, fun game. I guess they're going along with this for a second, but then he finally believes her that you gotta, you know, this has to be true. Something's up. I think something's up with Peter. I'd like to read the rest of the books now, actually. It got yeah, me I'm thinking. interested in Peter's story. Yeah. He's, he's an unhappy kid. He's got just his dad around. Like, I don't, so he claims. Well, his dad, dad is dad kind of around. Yeah. He's saying, he seems a lot like, uh, I'm trying to think of his name from Wrinkle in Time, the ginger. Oh, uh, yeah, Calvin. Calvin, yeah. Calvin's family didn't give a fuck about him. Same situation, just less people. See, <laughs> right, he had like 11 brothers and sisters, or he was one of 11. I think you guys are missing some key points about Peter and what he does if throughout the book, like, and how it comes to plan B, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I know, so, I figured that was going to go that way. Right, but here, yeah, and here's the deal, though, like, so Peter says that his, that his um... Oh my God! We okay. Let's continue going. I just had a revelation. Oh, oh snap. snap! I'm excited. I just had a revelation. Okay. Is it their teacher is an alien? No. Because <laughs> we we had that revelation like an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's someone else is an alien. In my teacher is an alien. Ooh. Is it Peter? It is Peter. It's Peter. Peter. I think Peter's an alien. <laughs> you think Peter's an alien? I, I do. I so. do. I don't think no, so. No. No. Duncan. Uh, he, he's ma, his, he's his way no, too listen, into the fact on. of wanting to go you, into space that he's never been there before. Wouldn't an alien pretend that they'd never been to space before if they're trying to fit in with human beings? <laughs> okay, okay. Now, hold on a second. Now, this is, this is the starting at the conclusion and- Forcing the facts to fit into the conclusion. <laughs> well, no, just listen. Hear me out. He, at some point here, there, there is a situation where a kid goes to stay at someone's house for a few days. Okay, and this this kid that lives in this house normally has a dad who doesn't care about anything he does. He can do whatever he wants. 
Mm-hmm. And Duncan happens to go to stay at his house for those couple days. Do they mention Duncan Dougal after that? Yeah, he's hiding in the closet, crying. At school? No, at the kid's house, but he does, does go back he to school. Ever sh- does he go back to school? Duncan is back at the school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very, at the very end of the book, Duncan's mentioned. Goes, he goes back to normal, picking on everyone he can. Okay, revelation is over. Never mind. <laughs> so that's the book. Peter's not an alien. No. <laughs> but my <laughs> so, teacher is. The teacher is, though. So they figure out they're going to do their next uh, felony. Or is that just a misdemeanor? Is being a felony or misdemeanor? It depends on what you're They're going to commit are. their next crime uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, during the night of the PTA meetings. Because Susan is old enough to be left by herself in sixth grade, which, yeah, yeah seems checks right. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least checked out then. I guess I don't know the rules now. And Peter's dad mm-hmm. doesn't care, so he can go. <laughs> and yes, I'm really <laughs> planning to search his house. I couldn't bring myself to call it a break-in. But it was. <laughs> but it is. It's a, it's a B&E. Yeah, it was definitely a B&E. Was the door open? They enter through the, the rear cellar, like the hinges are... Uh, or loose or something. and Okay. It, basically, it's rotted, so they're able to pull it open. Oh, so, yeah, definitely breaking and entering. <laughs> yep, definitely yep. breaking and entering. Yep, and they, uh, they go through the house and they don't find anything. He has some weird, you know, well, pretty normal food in the fridge, but no furniture. And then they, they go upstairs and she can't figure out how the mirror works or whatever. No, she does. She just doesn't she, oh, want yep. to turn it on because she doesn't want yep. them to know. And then they see the attic door just before they're going to leave. And I think it's funny that Peter's like, it's just the attic. Well, yeah, where the fuck do you hide shit? Duh. Like, yeah. Why would we avoid the attic and right. be like, well, it was nowhere else in the open throughout the house. Must not <laughs> I mean, be up there. <laughs> the kitchen had nothing weird in it. The uh, bathroom medicine cabinet had uh, nothing weird in it. Like Excedrin, whoop to doo Yeah, the weird part is that there was no furniture. So Yeah, just the weirdest thing about it is there's a lack of furniture in the house. Right, but uh, an alien would make sure things were not weird. For the most part. I mean, my my apartment was very sparsely. Uh, it had like one chair in it and a TV. So That's furniture. You don't need a lot. But they do end up going in the, the attic. And what they find up there is Miss Schwartz trapped in some kind of force field that allows telepathic communication. <laughs> she's suspended in midair. Her hair is all sticking out and she's got a... F- uh, frightened look frozen on her face. Do you guys have uh, illustrations in your uh, in your copies? I do. Mine are small. Yeah, they're very small, but I can. They're still illustrations. Okay. Well, I have a I have a paperback, and it's a uh, they have full page illustrations. Maybe once every few chapters, whatever. But they're pretty good illustrations. Yeah, say. I like how her hair is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they do, yeah, they do have an illustration. Are they like pencil gray? Yeah. Yeah, I've got them too, yep. They have an illustration of what Ms. Schwartz looks like, and they discover that they can telepathically communicate with her by touching the force field. She lets the kids know the plan that he's going to, Broxholm is going to take five students back with him. He, he plans to select the best, the worst, and three most average kids. And the plan is to bring them back to the house and head into space on the night of May 26th. Which is pretty close. Yep, it's coming up. It's like in a week from from that point. And it happens to be the same night as the school event. The big concert. The big concert that Susan's going to play piccolo at. Oh, yep. She's playing with piccolo there. (laughs) So she starts to try and figure out a way to expose Broxholm or, or Smith. 
And her first thing to try is she attempts to faint close to Brock's home and like grab his ears and pull his mask off. <laughs> just, but, just solid fucking plan. Yeah. And she, she whiffs it big time. She fucking falls on the ground and he gets out of the way just in time and she doesn't grab the mask. And then she's sent to the nurse's office and that doesn't work out. But her mom is a worry wart. So when she finds out, she's going to have to stay in bed. And like, uh, so after she sits there thinking about it, she finally gets a hold of Peter and she want, they want to go get pictures of Mrs. Schwartz. And that's going to be the proof. So they want to do a third B&E. But this time I'd say they have. They they obtained the probable cause illegally, but I'd say they have probable cause now. <laughs> Broxholm would have a pretty good way to to get out of this in court. It would be fruit of the poisonous tree. So it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I do have her kidnapped in my house. But the way you got the information that said, I'm sure other evidence would convict him. <laughs> 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 So, yeah, so they decide to go get pictures over there. And she has to stay home all weekend because her mom is worried after the fainting spell. But Stacy calls her on Saturday and uh, asks... Basically, like, what is there something going on with Mr. Smith or all the kids? The word is starting to get around because I think Peter uh, started talking. Yeah. About the plan. And now all the kids at school are getting anxious. They're they're acting out in class when they were uh, well behaved before because they don't want to be the best or the worst student in class. Right. He's going to take the best, the worst and the three most average students when he leaves. So Duncan turns around, tries to be really good. Yep, he's giving apples to the teacher and sitting up straight. And the good good kids in class are trying to be assholes. <laughs> they stage a fight with each other. Yep. Stacy Benoit and uh, Mike Ferran. Your mother. Only ki- your mother. Your mother wears polyester. Ooh, sick <laughs> burn. Good Rough. one. Slap him. <laughs> you guys see the illustration Stacy Stacy is bigger than the boy shirt. because it's that time of, of life and her sweet uh, plaid shirt <laughs> and her sweet plaid <laughs> yeah, no flannel shit. shirt tucked into her jeans just decking this kid in the striped shirt even though the, the story says she slapped him like she's straight out yeah that looks a like a close, close fist right there <laughs> yeah, it, does. it looks like a close fist punch <laughs> It's like, like a scene out of Street Fighter. But then again, that's why his hand is cocked back, ready to go right back. Like, oh, she hit yeah. me. <laughs> Better get in a fist fight. We don't want to be the teacher's pets. So they go back out to recess. Man, I'm so jealous that they had recess. <laughs> it was overrated. That was when we got to play Power Rangers. Not in sixth grade, you didn't play Power <laughs> Not Rangers. in sixth grade. I learned that. I said I got chased around by people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to beat me up. <laughs> You're like, hey, guys, want to play Power Rangers? And they're like, get them. <laughs> uh, uh, like, get him. We're fucking 12. We can't play imagination <laughs> games anymore. Fucking guy. Oh, uh, here comes Harold. He wants to play Power Rangers again. <laughs> but yeah, shit's getting out of control. Yeah, Susie knows something up. Something's up. She's like, "What? What's going on? How do they know this?" And Peter's like, "I told them." She's like, "They believed you?" But yeah, apparently they just believed him because uh, she's the one that made them all believe. Because she's been so trustworthy in the past. Basically, these kids are smarter than they appear. They seem to be almost adult with figuring out bullshit. 
Yeah, like it's almost like it was written by an adult. <laughs> Weird. Yet at the same time, these these seem more like uh, sixth graders than uh, like Ender's Game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely these these kids definitely logic like uh, like school children. That's definitely true. There's even a rumor that uh, uh, Peter and Susan are going steady. Oh yeah, and they both they've both grossed out so by much that. Time. This yeah. was another one where she was like out loud, <laughs> yuck, 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 and then she was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, damn, Susan. Yeah. Well, and he's like, it's okay, I feel the same. And then all of a sudden, she's like, uh, uh, excuse what do you me, you feel the same way. I am a catch. Yep, and she's probably like, you know what? I do like you. <laughs> you know what? Just for that, we're going out, and we're, we're going, going make out. out. We're going to make out point. <laughs> Bring your chapstick. We're going to be making out for hours, but that's not the plan. The plan is to break and enter to their teacher's house during during music time. She's supposed to be at school learning how to p- play piccolo, and she is going to skip school and go break into Brock's home's house. Peter will be out there too, but his because his dad doesn't care what he does, so he can not go to school and nothing will get said. And then Susan invites Duncan because nobody's going to miss that guy at school. <laughs> not even his parents are going to miss him. Right. Apparently. And they need a lookout. Yep. They need a, and they need a lookout. So Susan and Peter break into the house again and Duncan is on lookout. Well, they're getting good at breaking and entering. Now they know they're evolving with their MO. They're like, you know, let's get a lookout so that we can be in there longer or. (laughs) They also know how to get in fast because they already broke their way in. So they just keep using that same way. Next, they're going to have a bike with a radio flyer tied to the back like a trailer. As in what? As a getaway vehicle. (laughs) As a getaway vehicle. As a getaway vehicle. (laughs) For when they're breaking, you know, they get there, they run out, they jump in and start taking off. (laughs) They're adding new elements. For that, they'll need a a getaway driver. They got Duncan as the getaway, as the the watch out, you know. He's a big dumb animal. You could get him to pedal fast, I'm sure. Yeah, we figure out how dumb he is in a little while. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Susan and Peter make it up to the attic and they snap some pictures with their film camera because it's 1989. Okay, so mine is an updated version where they have a memory card in the camera. Does she say to go get a record of Stars and Stripes Forever earlier in the book? Or did they say to yeah, go get a Yeah, from the library. Was it a record though? I think so. Yeah, I think I remember reading that. Because mine was record. But if they mm-hmm. updated like, it, it like should be like album or CD or something like that. I don't remember where that is in the book. Then again, vinyl is big now, so they might have just said record. This is where, well, they mentioned it before, but this is where it confirms that the time in the force field is a lot different than real time. Mm-hmm. Right. She thinks that it's only been a few minutes. Miss Schwartz does. All right. But they snap a bunch of pictures. Uh, Peter takes the photos with uh, with Susan standing next to the, the force field for, for scale, and they hear a scream all of a sudden. Uh, more of a yell, but they rec- both recognize the voice. It was Duncan. Of course it was fucking Duncan. Can't do anything right. God damn it, Duncan. <laughs> they find him at the communication vanity. Uh, he activated it and is being chewed out by an alien on the other end of the <laughs> of the line. And he's just screaming his fucking head off. <laughs> Which, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> Ask him why he came in. I got bored. <laughs> he was only out there for like five or ten minutes. There's a illustration on this page so you can kind of see what the alien looks like. 
Mm, my illustration is redacted. Well, that's sad. Redacted along with that digital camera update in your version of the book. No, that that part is in there, but the it does say record. It does say record at the library. Oh, oh interesting. Well, how does well? What else do they do to the book? Because he has to go to the drugstore to get photos developed. They, but they still do that. They I take guess the they memory do still card. Do that. Yeah. yeah, they take the memory card to get the photos developed. Yeah, you can go do that at Walgreens. Takes like ten yeah. minutes. So that he didn't need to update it. Just that I mean, one part about the memory card, and that's it. If you're trying to uh, to update a, a novel from the 80s, maybe like you can just take that memory card and stick it in like a projector or something, put the laptop to a projector and project it on the moon, or at least on the side of a building. Yeah, but or something but why would that would they... take some extensive rewrites. Yeah, yeah, that would take some extensive rewrites. <laughs> He's already gone that? to the drugstore to get photos developed. Gosh. Right, Shyla does it all the time. I don't feel like like <laughs> if you're gonna do it right, you take the memory card to the school during the concert and uh, go to the, like the AV uh, booth or whatever, like stick it in the computer, show it on the projector. Boom. Everyone at the, at the assembly at the concert knows what's going on. Yeah. But, but it would still show up as just the blue streak that they get, but we don't know that yet. Yes. Because Duncan and Peter go to the drugstore slash to Peter's house to hide Duncan. And Susan goes back to school and she gets caught by Bamwick. The music teacher. So she fakes about how, why she was late, and but she does get out of class for a little while to help to uh, study with Mr. Ban. Yep. Banwick. So, so she was pretty. That was pretty good. But when she gets back to class, she hears Mr. Smith say, "Miss Simmons, I want you to stay after school. I need to talk to you about Neo." Sorry, I had to. I had to get that in there. <laughs> so at this point, she. She and him have this little conference, and he's very coy about it. He doesn't say exactly that he is an alien. He doesn't. He's just very sly about it. But then at the very end, I know end, what you did today. She, he says, "You know, don't break into my house again." <laughs> so he knows. You stay the fuck yeah. out of my house. And he's hella strong because his he grabs this book. And he dropped the book. His fingers had left dents half an inch deep in the cover. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty strong. Mm -hmm. He tells her he's here to learn and that the universe is a big place. There are more things going on in it than you can possibly imagine. So it's important to learn all we can. Otherwise, terrible things can happen. Terrible things. That's my job, to prevent terrible things. Because I'm an alien and also your teacher. Right. Therefore, your teacher is an alien. Now stay out of my house. So Peter uh, ends up catching up with her and letting her know that Duncan is stashed at his house. Uh, he's upset that he brought him, that she brought him and the film is being developed, but they also come up with a, an alternate plan or Peter tells her he has an alternate plan. Plan B as it were. Yep. Terminate the alien before it becomes viable. Nope. He plans to nope. go with him. <laughs> he wants to be taken to with Brock's home and he wants to go up into space because he doesn't really have much, much life for him on earth, which is why I'm saying like, it feels like he's almost like, like the plan B is that he gets Brock's home out if they get caught. That's why he already has a plan B, but he's been helping to catch. Right. He doesn't, uh, he's not convinced that the aliens are here with malicious intent. He thinks they might just be uh, studying them. They might be peaceful and he plans to offer himself 
itself to be taken. Isn't that what an alien say, would say to pretend like they're not an alien? I think so. No, I doubt. No, I sorry. Yeah, yeah. No. But see, though that <laughs> no. that can't be that can't be true. An alien would always say that. Like, like, right? It, an alien would say that. How's that hell? The regular person, How's that hell, right, too. <laughs> <laughs> Digging a nice grave on that hill. <laughs> no, I'm just saying an alien would say that. I'm not saying Peter is an alien right now. I'm just saying an alien would say that. Well, I was you're disagreeing up- that an alien would say that. I think an alien would say that to try and throw you off. Maybe Peter isn't, but an alien would say that. That's still true. <laughs> I think we're going to have to read further on into the the series to, to figure out. that out. I do like this theory of Peter's. It's uh, maybe these people are really peaceful. Maybe they've seen how much we fight and they're afraid if we get much farther into space, we'll cause some huge war. That's the fucking reason. That is the reason why aliens are, if they are aliens, they are monitoring our planet for that reason and that reason alone. <laughs> We will drop bombs at the drop of a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why. Your bomb, your bomb with our bombs. They know if they show their face, they're just going to get bombed. Yep. We literally just read Ender's Game. <laughs> Where they, uh, you know. Now, to be fair, to be fair, yeah. the buggers did attack. <laughs> twice. <laughs> yes, twice. But they weren't going to do it again. But they weren't going to do it again. And to be fair to the humans, they there was no way that they could make that known, that they were never going to do it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why the, the, the queens are just at, at the end is mostly like, yeah, that was our bad. We deserve it. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't don't eradicate us completely. You know, take the egg and uh, start us over again. Go plan it for me. Yeah. But anyways. So- yeah, Peter plans to leave. He plans to go with Brock's home. I think he's just a super depressed kid with uh, without much parental involvement in his life. Sounds like a good cover for an alien. And he's constantly reading. He's constantly reading sci- science fiction, so he has the interest in going out into space. But if he was an alien. Why would he read all these science fiction books that he knows would be true or not true? Seems like something an alien would do. Nah, doesn't. (laughs) To remind him of home, maybe. (laughs) If you're trying to throw people off and you're good at it, you do things that humans would do. Never going to suspect the kid who dreams of the stars. <laughs> but anyways, I'm good. Let's move on. Come on, I'm, we're done with this book. It's almost over. <laughs> yeah, Harold so needs to done. go to bed. The photos are are developed, and Miss Miss Schwartz does not appear in any of them. All they see is like a blue streak across the photos. Uh, does it say that the ones where Susan is in them that she's still in them though? Yeah, Susan's just standing there, but it's next to a blue streak. But anyhow, they they go back and they're freaking out and it, about being taken by aliens. Mr. Bamwick is like, oh, my God, I'm I'm cutting the song Stars and Stripes Forever from the concert program because it's just he's been dreaming of this song being performed for years, <laughs> for years, yep. for years. And this this was going to be his year. And he's just uh, all these kids are freaking out about something and they're acting all weird mm. and nobody's learning the song. Not even not even Susan, who I was counting on for that piccolo solo. Yep. At the end. So he cuts it and they end up getting to the night of the big concert and everybody's falling apart and they're freaking out. And uh, Susan kind of gets an idea to annoy Broxholm because one thing we haven't mentioned throughout the entire book is that Broxholm hates the sound of music. 
he uh well earth music he, yeah, yeah he didn't like earth the music. Pic- earth music yeah he didn't yeah. like the piccolo early on and he has made Cat other comments the blender that's, is more his style yeah that's why they call him <laughs> or that's why uh she was calling him a philistine is because he didn't like any of the music or anything so anyhow she decides to start playing her piccolo and he's like cupping his ears and telling her to stop so she starts playing it more and all the other kids kind of catch on so they start playing it and playing it and they get him into the corner and mr bamwick he hears him playing the stars and stripes forever and they're playing it perfectly so he's like (laughs) no don't stop even though people are yelling to stop (laughs) they're playing it they're (laughs) playing it (laughs) but they back him into the corner and they get him to take his mask off and everybody sees that he's an alien and just at that They're moment, like torturing him, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's in agony. Make it stop. Well, he's obviously an evil alien. So <laughs> the kids are like, take off your mask. Take yeah. off your mask. She got him with that trill. She hits that trill. And that's what did it. She hit, she hit a yep. high C like never before. Mm, I could go for a high C. But anyways, she uh, they they get him to take off his mask. Everybody sees him, and then Peter kicks open the door and is like, Brock's home. Let's go." And they leave. So by the time they get there to his house, his UFO is already escaping into the sky and Miss Schwartz has been released and Peter has now run away with Brock's home into the stars. And that's how this one ends. I mean, Susan learned something. She learned that Peter was her best friend. And also possibly an alien. (laughs) No, was not an alien. (laughs) No, definitely not an alien. We'll have to check another book. Just one of those alien wannabes. He's a total alien poser. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll have to find out in My Teacher Fried My Brains. So, yes, they find Miss Schwartz up in the attic. She's kind of out of it, but she's okay. And now whenever Susan plays her piccolo, she thinks about Peter. Oh, that's cute. And she goes from wanting to be an actress to uh, to wanting to get into, was it science? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe (laughs) I'll be a scientist when I grow up. Anybody who says I'm going to be a scientist when I grow up isn't going to be a scientist because <laughs> they, no, <laughs> they have no specific thing that they're looking at. Science is yeah. way too big. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very vague. I think I'm going to science when I grow up. Yes, I'm going to science. Uh, she's like, oh, I'd like to invent a ship. So basically she wants to uh, make a UFO or a spaceship where and visit worlds where we would be the mysterious aliens. Ooh, wouldn't that be something? Or is it because she's searching for the one thing that she really wanted in this life? A boyfriend. Oh, well, we know she's not going to work at it. So apparently this is not. She's not putting any work into that. That's for the boy to do. Yep. <laughs> so that's where it ends. They expose the alien and Peter goes off to be studied somehow. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just cut that off. <laughs> so. Peter flees the planet with Brock's home. And what happens to him, we will not find out until the next book. Or maybe I think it's two books later. Okay, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So I would say, uh, I would say yeah. that people should read this book if they have like couple hours and they want to have some fun you know or read it to their kids <laughs> yeah it would be good it's to read book. to kids or if you're on a trip it'd be a good audiobook mm-hmm. and it is you definitely it's, don't it's... gotta be very advanced reader to read it yeah reads like a goosebumps book yep pretty close not so many cl- cliffhangers no yeah there's a few but not nothing like every single chapter <laughs> <laughs> right and then bruce Coble seems like an all right guy yeah i checked out some of his tweeting pretty it's good. nice to have 
somebody that's all right after the last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's an author that just writes for the sake of telling kids stories. Yep. So I, I was going to say, what do you think is a lesson that was taught in this? And what's a lesson that is taught that probably shouldn't have? My, my guess is that one that shouldn't have been taught is that breaking and entering is fun and cool. It's not fun <laughs> and cool. It's crime, kids. You can go to Juvie for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the lesson is that boys are supposed to make the first move every time. And I don't think that they should take that too seriously. I mean, it's 21st century. (laughs) (laughs) Gender equality, man. Some of us dudes are shy. (laughs) It's true. I think think the lesson is that Peter was a long-term plant as an alien on the planet. <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> he was not he alien. He was playing the long game. <laughs> he was a scout. If he turned out to be an alien, I will give you a dollar. How was that? <laughs> I will take the dollar. I don't don't look it up. We can't look it up. No, we can't. We're if not Peter's going to. If he has been an alien this whole time, I owe you a Coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll find out. Cokes are more than a dollar, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> not an individual can. Ugh. We can get a 12 pack for like 5 bucks. Six bucks or so. Oh, if you piece it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you pieced it out. Anyways. <laughs> All right, guys. I gotta may go. I just may I just <laughs> add that if you're if you're a single lady, you get yourself a shy guy and he's not gonna cheat on you. This just is true. Saying. We just like to play video games and talk to our friends and make podcasts occasionally. That's right. We we introverts don't stray. So since Harold has to go to bed, uh what do we got up next up? On the chap, on the uh, on the old reading block, there, Andy. Oh, next week it's that time again. It's choose your own adventure time. Awesome! Yay! This time I am going to be reading "Choose Your Own Star Wars Adventure." We're going Ooh. to be retelling the story of A New Hope. Oh, now it's gonna be it's gonna be somewhat interesting, and maybe the Empire will win. I was gonna say, as a proud supporter of the Empire, we all know what my decisions <laughs> are gonna be. <laughs> The Empire we'll did nothing wrong, you guys. Nothing wrong. Just the Empire prosperity is an to the Nazis. Uh, universe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just see where the Force leads us. That's next week. So I got it. I gotta say, as we're mentioning this right now, I took Bruce and Clark to the to the park today, and we had to take a bunch of lightsabers with us, and we were gonna fight. And uh-huh. Bruce is he was out in the backyard, and I I noticed him swinging, and I didn't realize he was practicing a move with two lightsabers to try and trick me to get me. Okay, <laughs> I know this now because he used the move on me at Carroll Park, and I was standing too close to a tree and didn't realize it was there. And when I jumped back to fucking get out of the way of his lightsaber, I smucked into the tree and fell <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> With all these people watching, I'm holding the lightsaber oh in my hand, laying on the ground. <laughs> He got taken down fantastic. Oh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of him. After yeah. all this shit you've been talking oh. about five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, yep. dude, that got my ass by a five-year-old with a lightsaber. One of them took you out. <laughs> right down on the ground, dude. Oh, shit. Oh, Good my God. Good stuff. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's close this up. Uh, 
feel free to uh, to reach out to us with your feedback, your your stories, your uh, future book suggestions at any of our social media sites. We're on we're at Reliterated on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Reddit, uh, and YouTube and Facebook. So uh, if you enjoyed the show, share it far and wide. Tell people about it. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Podcast Addict, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or any podcatcher app that pulls from these sources. Uh, give us reviews and ratings. You know, do all that the usual podcast jazz because we want to. We would like to uh, to increase our audience. So Ooh, follow us on a podcast. As yes, well. absolutely. Follow us and uh, yeah, support our uh, our friends' podcasts too. We've been uh, meeting some uh, some fellow podcasters, and and uh, I'm sure they would appreciate your support as well. So, and you know who else you should support? Your local libraries and independent booksellers and thriftbooks.com. <laughs> Maybe one day we we'll get that sponsorship. Independent booksellers will never jump into a giant penis to fly into space for ten minutes. That's right. Yes. And then come back and talk about how polluting space would be the best thing in the world. <laughs> or rather, out of this world. Right. So if you don't want that to happen, then give a shit, read some lit. Good night, everyone. Obrigada. I think the true lesson of that episode is that my teacher is an alien. Really? <laughs> that what? That and that Peter is possibly an alien. He's not a fucking alien. (laughs) Peter is definitely not an alien. (laughs) And now, here's a post-show, pre-show clip. I am recording. I'm recording as well. Oh, hey, Nardo. Oh, it's Nardo. Hey, of course it's Nardo. Nardo the podcat. Go on, Nardo. (laughs) I think the record button, like, sends out a, a cat call. It does, yeah. It almost like brings him in. It's radar love, you know. <laughs> All right, ready for the clap? Yeah. Uh, actually, All right. There's a bass coming through. Let me go see if I can fix that. I'll be right back. Okay. And we're all still rolling. This is, this should go in the after show. Yeah, it should. <laughs> I'm opening the door and stuff. We're going to say some stuff about Josh, and he's not going to hear it until the episode comes out. What's your darkest secret that you know about Josh? Because I heard that he sleeps with the light on. Oh, you heard that he sleeps with the light on? I was actually going to go with <laughs> something that happened. <laughs> I mean, you I'm know him better longer. than I, I do. Yeah, I you, you know him longer. Josh, one night drank, <laughs> drank a whole six-pack of Mike's Hard Lemonades, and then he threw up like a hose into a toilet while he was in a full standing position. <laughs>